It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to episode number 236 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, November 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show is on Twitter as well at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. There's team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. Uh, you get Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, which is an invaluable resource if you're a fantasy player. And Locked On NBA as well, covering all the biggest stories around the league. Uh, that's with David Locke. And those are all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. You can follow at Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. You can go, go to Facebook. Locked On NBA has a, has a Facebook page as well if you want to like that. Everything gets posted there. A uh, whole bunch of places for you to find all the content. And uh, if you find a show that you like, you should rate and review it on iTunes uh, or whatever podcatcher you use. And you can do that with us. Locked on Raptors on iTunes. Please go there. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I've done this spiel 236 times. And uh, lots of people have listened to me. And I very much appreciate those who have done it. If you haven't done it yet, uh, it takes no time at all. And it really helps to move us up the rankings. It helps make us more visible and discoverable and all those great uh, buzzy podcast words. So please do that. Uh, all right, on today's show, I'm going to do something that I haven't done before, but I'm going to try to make this a thing going forward because, let's be honest, there are five episodes, five shows a week i got to do, uh, and any way I can kind of build in like a monthly thing to try to fill some time is good because the Raptors are really good, and it's kind of boring how good they are, so I'm having trouble coming up with things on the daily to come up and, and sort of just like dive deep into, so I feel like if I have at least one thing a month where it'll just be a regular thing, we can do this, so this is going to be a month in review. We're going to kind of go give a little awards for the best whatever players, the young guys, the worst players of the month. Uh, we'll just kind of roll through all that and then kind of look ahead to the next month. Um, and uh, we'll see how it works. Uh, sometimes we'll have a guest on for this. I uh, couldn't get one lined up today on short notice because I came up with the idea at like 2 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, it's just me today. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's roll through the different categories I'm going to go through. Uh, I'm going to do player of the month. I'm going to do young dude of the month. We're going to go worst player of the month, the best game overall from the month, the most infuriating game from the month. I'm sure there will be many contenders for that. Uh, best play uh, and uh, the sort of just like internal feelings and how the, the, the emotions that the month inspires from me uh, and what I'm looking for from the next month. So uh, let's start with uh, Player of the Month. This is not easy because it's kind of been a story of like half months, I think, for DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. DeRozan was red hot to start the month. Uh, he won Player of the Week, of course, in the middle of it, and he's been really good. But I do think Kyle Lowry probably gets the nod for me for, for Player of the Month. He's been just insane lately. Uh, against the obviously against the uh, the Hornets on Wednesday night, he was on fire. Thirty six points, five rebounds, six assists. Uh, he was eight of eleven from three. Just just absurd numbers from Kyle Lowry. And over the course of the month, you know, he was still having issues scoring at the start of the month. He still, you know, he was mired in that streak where he couldn't break twenty points, and that kind of brings down his you know raw counting numbers for the month. But uh, he's been really good. Averaged just over eighteen points, just under seven rebounds, and just under seven assists. Uh, and his true shooting percentage is sixty. 68.8% for the month of November. That is just bonkers and absurdly good. His, his true shooting for the season is now up over 60, which is uh, you know elite stuff there as well. 
And Lowry's just, he's kind of doing it all. And the reason I kind of docked Rosen for this, I think because is because his defense has really fallen off. You know, he was looking pretty good. Uh, his defense was, you know, reasonably okay and passable in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, but it's kind of taken a tailspin since then. He's just kind of, you know, looking inattentive like he normally does, getting back cut all the time, uh, not being able to stay with dudes one-on-one and kind of just like leading into breakdowns. You know, him and uh, Jonas Valanciunas, when they're tasked with guarding a pick and roll, it's just a, a hopeless proposition. Uh, so I think Kyle Lowry, who has de- his defense overall has been really good. There have been a few games where guys have lit him up, but um, lit him up, lit him up, lit him up, uh, lit him. That, that's not a thing. Uh, yeah, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a really big game against both Kyle and DeMar. Uh, Drew Holiday had that really nice game, although he kind of torched DeLon Wright more than he got to Lowry. But Lowry's been really good defensively. He's, you know, you know, doing the post defense against bigger dudes who can, still can't score on him, uh, except for uh, who was it last week that did it to him? Uh, God, it's escaping me now. Uh, uh, it, might, it might have been Tim Hardaway Jr. Actually, yeah, it was Tim Hardaway Jr., the first guy who's ever scored in the post against Kyle Lowry. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, you know, that was a weird game. That's kind of an outlier, I think. Most of Lowry's defensive game has been really nice. Um, and, you know, big shocker, the Raptors go on this streak where they've lost three of their last, you know, 12, three of the last 11 games, or eight and three in the last 11, you know, and that kind of is in line with Kyle Lowry kind of figuring himself out and getting back to what we know and love from Kyle Lowry, which is just a, him being a just a damn effective basketball player, taking charges all the damn time as well. You know, like last night again, he took an elbow to the chin and it looked kind of bad and he's gotten beaten up a little bit, but he's doing all this in fewer minutes uh, and his play over, over the last little while has been incredible. He's been back up to like, like 43% or 41% from three. He was 43% this month. Uh, it's all coming up for Kyle Lowry. He's been unbelievable, and you know there was a bit of an adjustment period, adjustment period there. I think for him trying to get involved with the Raptors' offense, and you know where Demar kind of quickly picked it up and figured out where his spots were going to come and where his shots were going to be available to him. I think Kyle kind of had a bit of a harder time sort of grasping when he should be aggressive and when the ball should come to him. There were some fourth quarters there uh, before the last couple weeks where he's just kind of disappeared in fourth quarters and the Raptors have gone away from him. Uh, And I'm not sure whether it's a thing where he's not looking for the ball or if it's just that the offense is not really... Uh, catered towards like you know funneling shots to one guy, but then you have the the counterpoint to that, which is Demar has kind of owned a lot of these fourth quarters, and I kind of like to see a little bit more interplay between those two instead of just having him all monopolized with Demar. Have Kyle you know hit some crunch time shots because man, he can do it for sure. We've seen it before, um, and when he's playing like he was last night, you know give Kyle the ball all the damn time. There's something about when the Raptors have a game like last night against the Hornets where. Yeah, you know, you'd like to have more of a spread out offensive attack most of the time. And like, it's been really great to watch this offense this season and having everyone be involved and a bunch of guys who are, you know, having, you know, big nights from night to night. I kind of just like sometimes the nights where Kyle and DeMar go off. They both hit 30 points, and it's just like, yeah, Kyle and DeMar, when they're good, like the Raptors are good. Um, and, and it's really fun to watch the, watch them get all the buckets. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, Kyle Lowry, I think I'm going to give Player of the Month to, even though DeMar DeRozan actually won a Player of the Week award during November. Uh, I think Kyle really has finished the month strong, and he's been, uh, he's been kicking ass, man. Uh, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. He's been unbelievable. And I'm expecting we'll see his numbers continue to go up. Uh, just the last six games for Kyle, I think this is probably the clincher for him. 34 minutes a game, uh, so it's kind of creeping up there a little bit, I think, with Nolan Wright being out, so that's something to watch for sure. But 22 points, uh, 8.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, 1.5 steals. He's shooting 54% from three in that time, 54% from the field as well. 
just uh, ludicrous numbers from Kyle Lowry. And, like, there was that, the conversation at the start of the season, like, oh, is Kyle, well, you know, is he declining, whatever? Nope, he's not. He's still amazing, and he's still the best player on this team. Uh, his net ratings are kind of still, I think, out of whack because the starting five has been so weird, and the third quarters have been perplexing and kind of, uh, I think, driving Dwayne Casey a little mad. He was pretty angry after last night's game from the sounds of it. Um, so I think that's kind of bearing out in Kyle's on-off numbers. They're not looking quite as, you know, prolific as they normally do. Normally the Raptors are just killing teams when he's out there and then not so good when he's off. It's a little out of whack this season, but I think we'll probably start to see those kind of normalize a little bit more as we move into this next month. Uh, and I'm expecting a big one from Kyle, man. He's been really good, and it's kind of rounding into form. And like I said, 22, 8.5, and, and 7 over the last six games is absurd. Uh, and I think that's probably more in line with what we're going to see from him this season as opposed to the, you know, 12, 5, and 2 he was putting up uh, for a big part of the season. Uh, he wasn't putting up two assists, but you know what I mean. He was not looking very good early on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, next award after Player of the Month, Young Dude of the Month. And this is going to be a fascinating one, I think. Over the course of the season, as I kind of keep track of this, maybe I'll send hand out like season end awards. Um, and I, I realize that I'm not acknowledging October with this month thing because I just came up with it today. But uh, it was only half month anyway, so too small a sample to give out any awards. Well, you justify it that way. Um, but yeah, so this month, young dude of the month, it's really hard to say because OG Ananobi, I think, kind of started out as being the best one. He had some great defensive performances in there. He was inserted into the starting five on the 14th against Houston, which doesn't seem very long ago, but it feels like forever ago when you just look at the games they played since then. Um, so OG started that game. He was amazing. He held James Harden to just two of 15 in the possessions in which he guarded him. I mean, it was just insane stuff from him defensively. Um, and But I do think it's kind of, you know, tailed off a little bit from him in the last little while here his offense is still kind of searching I think and you know there are times where he looks really smart and intelligent and kind of I mean he's always kind of looking smart and intelligent when he's out there he's just he, he thinks the game is such a high level but the sort of conversion is not quite there for him just yet um, and I think we've kind of seen that tail off a little bit recently Pascal Siakam's another guy who, starting with that Warriors game at the start of the month uh, on that road trip, I guess that was at the end of October, actually. It was the fourth game of the season. But starting with that Warriors game, Siakam kind of, you know, I think kind of leapfrogged to be maybe the most exciting of the young guys, at least this season. I think OG's upside still probably higher. But I think Siakam, in terms of how he's grown and in terms of just the skills that he's showing off right now, I think he's probably the most exciting of the bunch, at least in terms of this season and what he can be for the, for the Raptors this year. Um, and I think he was just kind of steady and solid all month long. Um, he's probably my pick. But the other guy in contention is Fred Van Vliet, who, you know, when DeLon Wright went down, Van Vliet really started to sort of round into form as well. He's been really good over the last six games. Van Vliet's averaging 20 minutes a game. Uh, he's at 8.8 .8 points, you know, 4.5 assists. He had nine assists last night against, uh, against the Hornets. Uh, he's shooting 40, 41% from three as well. He's been a really damn effective backup point guard, which is, I think, what you kind of expect from Fred Van Vliet. You know, he's not flashy. He's not going to just blow you by, blow by anybody with his athleticism or blow anyone away with it. 
Um, but he's been really effective, and he's been closing games. He seems to have the trust, trust of Dwayne Casey. Uh, he leads the team in plus-minus over the course of the last six games as well. Uh, he's been really good. So I want to give it to Fred, but I think I'll probably give it to Siakam just because he was better for the entire month. Um, you know, Fred obviously wasn't quite, uh, you know, he was in the rotation and factoring it with some bench units with DeLon Wright because the Raptors were still sticking with that uh, and are still sticking with the all-bench unit from time to time. Um, so he's still been getting run. But I do think Pascal kind of over the course of the month had a bigger role and did more with it than anyone else. Um, he averaged seven points over the course of the month. Actually, so did Van Vliet. That's kind of crazy in fewer minutes. Um, but, you know, with 4.9 rebounds, 1.9 assists, I think the passing from Siakam has been kind of uh, something I didn't expect either. I mean, there's lots of stuff I didn't expect from Siakam, blowing by dudes on the dribble and uh, off the dribble, sorry, and, and, you know, kind of hitting quarter threes once in a while, even though he's shooting 20% from three this month. Um, you know, he looks confident at least taking them. He's not scared to do it. He's going to miss a lot, but... You know, when he when they go in, it's a nice little boost to the team. Um, but the fact that he can blow by guys and the fact that his defense has been so menacing, he, I mean, he's out there, he's averaging only half a block a game, but he has been, you know, he's only 17 minutes a game or 22 minutes a game, sorry. Um, and But he's out there and he's, you know, he's, he has a lot of switchability. Him and Serge Ibaka have been a very nice defensive pairing. If I had to bet, put money down on a pairing being the closing lineup for the Raptors in big games this season, I think it's probably Siakam and Serge Ibaka right now, and Siakam kind of taking over the role that P.J. Tucker had last year, uh, except maybe with a little bit more size and ability to guard bigger dudes and probably more speed than P.J. Tucker as well, uh, and apparently maybe more of an off-the-dribble game as well, which is insane. Uh, again, Siakam's come so far in just a year. He looks so comfortable and at home. So I'm going to give the award to him, the, the best young guy of the month. Lots of contenders, of course. Jakob Pertl's kind of tailed off a little bit, I think, as they've you know gone back and forth between him and, and Bebe for the backup center spot. I think Bebe, you know, he got hurt last night. I think Bebe's kind of on his way out of the rotation. He's just not performed very well. Um, Pertl's been much more steady. Obviously, not quite the high floor that Bebe has, but... Uh, I think Pirtle, you know, he'll he'll kind of be that backup center, I think, going forward, unless Siakam kind of stakes that job out and maybe he can get some small ball center minutes, even though he's looked good, like, on, as a wing, too, um, you know, or like a wing-ish type four. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Uh, Siakam is the, the young dude of the month. I'm giving it to him. But Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, very close second there. Uh, best game of the month. I think I'm going to go back to that Houston game. Uh, that Houston game was really damn fun, man. I wasn't expecting much. The Raptors had just lost to Boston. Things were pretty dark after what happened in crunch time against the Celtics, and maybe I'll get to that in the most infuriating game in a second. Um, but yeah, it was uh, a game that, you know, it just, I wasn't expecting it, so the way the Raptors came out and just completely blitzed them. Uh, from start to finish, really, they had 28 assists in the game. They shot, uh, what did they shoot, 30, 46% from three in that game. Uh, it was awesome. You know, OG started, and, and that was exciting as well. You know, kind of a nice little injection of life into the season when you get a guy like that getting put in the starting five and performing really well and guarding James Harden incredibly well. Uh, that was a, a really, really fun game. And I think, you know, it's a really good win, too. The Rockets have been so good. Even without Chris Paul, they were killing people. Um, and for the Raptors to come out and for, you know, Kyle Lowry to have a really nice game. That was probably his best game of the season at that point with 19 points, 10 assists, five boards. Uh, DeRozan as well, 27, 6, and 5 in that one. Um, he got to the line 13 of 16 times. It's wild. But when the bench was awesome in that game too. CJ Miles, he had that little stretch there in the middle of the month where he was just bombing threes. Just like, I mean, he does that all the time. But uh, he was he was really red hot there for a few games in the middle of the month. And the Houston game was there. Uh, six of nine from three in that game. Very nice. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, Van Vliet, DeLon, actually DeLon was great in that game. It was a bummer because he got hurt in the next game against the Pelicans, which really sucked because he'd been playing so well. But, yeah, that game start to finish was just really damn enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the best game of the month. Not too much to add there. Uh, you know, other contenders, I would say probably that Warriors game, even though it ended poorly. It was uh, actually like that's end of October. I'm still doing that stupid basketball reference. Um no, I guess for, you know, the Pelicans games, both of them were pretty fun, just like back and forth affairs. The first one, I think, uh, the 122-118 win at home, where Jonas and uh, and Serge Ibaka really shut down Boogie and Brow for the first time of the two times they've done it this season. Uh, that was a really good game, and the Raptors kind of almost blew it late, but, you know, they had some good execution late from DeMar and Kyle, uh, and that was just like a fun, entertaining, enjoyable game. That's in there as well as one of the most entertaining Um yeah, the, it's been, uh, you know, some of these games just kind of happen. And that's kind of the problem with the Raptors in terms of just the interest of this season is that they're they're good and the games just happen and they're blowouts against bad teams that you expect. Um, and it's just kind of, uh, you know, they just kind of happen. None of the games kind of really stand out to me, at least at this point, aside from that Houston game and that Warriors game from early in the season. But, you know, that's probably a good thing, you know. It's, uh, you know, it's a good thing that... We can go about these games and not get too up or down with each one because uh, the, the Raptors, they have bigger designs this season than to, you know, win a bunch of games in the regular season. Um, so as long as they're, like, not, you know, actively crapping the bed, then uh, that's pretty good. Speaking of actively crapping the bed, the most infuriating game of, this, of, the, of the month. Uh, there were a few candidates for this one. I think Boston, that one was... Just uh, because Boston was on the streak and they were so obnoxious about it uh, and you were just like praying that any team could beat them and if the Raptors could be the team, it would have been like them saving the entire NBA from the Boston hype train. Uh, Obviously, didn't quite happen. You got a shot that you want from DeMar DeRozan there late in the game and it just didn't fall and it was a bummer. It sucked. The offense was pretty stagnant late in that game. It wasn't creative. It was kind of telegraphing just balls to Jamar and having him go to work. And sometimes it worked, sometimes sometimes it didn't. Boston's offense wasn't particularly elaborate at the other end. Um, and it was just very much a grinded out kind of game. But uh, yeah, that, that, that one's in the, in the running for sure. I gotta say it's probably that Knicks game though, uh, where they gave up the 41-10 third quarter after a really good first half. I thought Demar Derozan had like 16-5 and five after the first uh, first half, and he was just rolling, and then he just totally lost it in the second half. The defense was terrible. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka, you know Ibaka came around the fourth quarter of that game, but Valanciunas was dreadful the entire night. Um, that led into him getting benched in the second half of the next game against Indiana, which is also in the running for most frustrating game. Um, but, you know, when you only lose like five times in a month, it's hard to really have a game that stands out as like, uh, man, this one was, like, there's not that many contenders, but uh, I think probably, oh, that Washington game that they lost was pretty bad too, now that I think about it. Uh this is hard. I should have picked this before going in instead of just doing it on the fly. I'm going to go with that Knicks game. That's the, that's the most annoying game of the, se- of, the, of the month so far. Probably of the season so far. That you're up on a team like the Knicks. You know, it was kind of helped by the fact that the Knicks are fun. And it was kind of enjoyable to watch them play so damn well in that third quarter. But uh, just for the Raptors to lose that game after such a good first half and then just a dreadful third quarter. Uh, that, that's got to go down as the most infuriating game of the season so far. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
And the next one here uh, is the best play of the month. Uh, this one's hard because I kind of expected the Raptors to be more of like a dunk on everyone kind of team than they've actually been so far. It's been kind of low key from them. Um, normally they will uh, just kind of, you know, like last season, for example, there were just endless highlight dunks that they put up. And Norm Powell was doing his thing, and, and DeMar had a few nice ones. Pirtle had that crazy dunk last season, too. Um, and you thought, you know, with OG coming in this year, maybe there'd be even more of that. But it's been kind of chill, and it's hard to think of best plays. I actually had one in mind, but uh, it actually was back in October, so it's not going to count. It was the lob that Kyle Lowry threw to Bebe in the Portland game, where Bebe went, like, 12 feet in the air to bring it down and dunk it. It was just incredible, the, the length on that dude. And to see it all just kind of, you know, fully stretched out was pretty incredible. But that was October, so it doesn't count. Um, best play, there haven't been any buzzer beaters or anything like that, so it's hard to come up with something there. Uh, maybe it's that dunk that Serge had last night when he drove, uh, I think it was Howard he dunked on, or it might have been Kaminsky or whoever it was. Uh, that might be up there. Serge's dunks are kind of low-key, very good, uh, and they're very exciting because it takes him like two steps to get from the perimeter to the net, uh, and it's usually pretty thunderous when he puts it down. So maybe I will say that it's uh, it's that Serge Ibaka dunk from Charlotte. Maybe it's recency bias because I can't think of anything else, but um, you know the Raptors have been pretty chill in terms of their, their big highlight plays so far this season. Remember they had a game against Philly back in October. It was the second game of the year where they had a bunch of highlight plays, but uh, since then, it's been kind of chill. So I'll give it to Serge because of recency bias and because I don't want to dive too far into it. Um, and Serge, you know, he could use some some love because he was a pretty... Um, I guess we can get to the final award, which is the worst player of the month. And I guess maybe Serge is the guy. I think Jonas probably had a more actively bad month. You know, he got benched against the Pacers and just has not looked very good against most matchups. But I think Serge maybe has been the most disappointing uh, he's only shooting 32.5% from three right now, which is not what you want to see from Ibaka. Uh, over the course of the month, he shot just 29.4, which obviously you want to see better from him. His rebounding hasn't been incredible. There have been a couple stretches where Serge has played uh, small ball center to, to close games. I think against Boston was one of them. Against the Wizards uh, in the game they won as well was pretty good, uh, where Serge kind of got by and was pretty decent uh, you know, rebounding at center, but... You know, that's been an issue for him. He's only averaging 5.8 boards a game so far. His minutes are down too, just 27 minutes a game. Um, and I guess that's kind of a factor of the Raptors wanting to keep him a little fresher. And they're not, you know, wasting a bunch of minutes with him playing center early in the season when you can maybe save it for when you need him more late in the season and in the playoffs. So maybe that's just a smart management tactic by the Raptors. But, uh, and obviously he's losing minutes as well with a guy like Siakam playing so well in Pirtle. Um, and going small sometimes with the bench as well, with OG playing the four uh, to start the season before he became a starter. Um, you know, there's just been fewer minutes, I guess, for Ibaka at the four, and that's fine. Um, there's such a large aim of centers right now that it's cool that he's not playing center. I do think, had he been playing center more full-time, maybe he's not the most frustrating player of the month. Uh, you know, and it's not, you can't even say he's been bad because he's had some really nice games. He's had some good defensive performances. Um, those games against the Pelicans really stand out. Him and Jonas just combined to be incredible, but... Also, you know, this month I wrote a piece about how him and Jonas just can't defend anybody, and that's kind of true. Um, that first game against Washington that they lost, he got blown by by Markeith Morris a bunch of times. Um, he just wasn't very effective defensively in that game, and his rebounding can kind of pop up at times to be an issue. I think maybe it's been less of an issue because Kyle Lowry has been rebounding so well, and, you know, you get bigger rebound totals from, like, DeLon Wright and stuff when he's out there. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, to have Kyle Lowry being your team's leading rebounder, 
It's probably not the best thing in the world. He's averaging uh, in the month, of course, 6.4 rebounds, 8.5 over the last little while. He's out-rebounding everyone on the team right now. That's not great. Uh, even Jonas, I mean, Jonas, I guess, is 6.6, so never mind. His And his, his per minutes are way higher. But, um, you know, for Lowry to be out-rebounding a guy like Serge, that's troublesome because Serge is, you know, his rebounding is going to be key uh, to making those lineups where he's the center effective. And if he's not in there uh, grabbing boards and being effective as a center, you know, that kind of cuts into his usefulness. Uh, that's sort of the limiting factor to him. And you can kind of cut it. Like, you want him playing center as much as you can, but if he's not grabbing boards, that kind of, you know, is injurious in a way as well. Like it's a different problem than what you have with Jonas and Serge in together, but it's a problem nonetheless that needs to be sort of compensated for. Maybe Siakam's done a good job of sort of helping out with that, but um, he's not been incredible. His defensive rebounding rate right now is just 20, which is, you know, right in line with Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. That's not what you want from your your go-to backup, your go-to you know, power forward slash backup center uh, slash small ball center, closing time center. It's, uh, it's not ideal, of course. You want something better than that. Um, but that's just kind of the predicament the Raptors are that are in. They don't have a ton of great rebounders, um, and that's just kind of how it is. But um, you know, and I guess you, the other uh, sort of knock on Surge, and this is Jonas's fault as well, is that that you know the third quarters have been so terrible. A lot of the starts have been pretty bad. Not so much the last few games, but overall the starts have been brutal for the Raptors. And you know, I, I, it's hard to escape thinking that. Surge and Jonas together are a big reason for that. Uh, and just their, their defensive liabilities don't cover up for one another. Their strengths don't cover up. It's uh, it's a, not a very good situation with those two right now. And Surge has a part to play in that. Maybe less than Jonas, but I think you know based on expectations and based on you know how much they make and sort of role within the team, I think Surge has been a little bit more disappointing than Jonas. Jonas has kind of been what he is, and we we know exactly what Jonas is. We talked about that with Will Lou this week. Um, so it's hard to get too up in arms over a guy playing just the way he does. So it's just what he is as a player. So uh, it is what it is. All right, let's look ahead now to the next month uh, and what we're going to be seeing. And the, the like the schedule coming up for the Raptors is so freaking easy. We went over it with Will on Wednesday, but it's uh, it's pretty cream puff coming up. The Raptors play the Pacers tomorrow night. That might be their toughest game for a while. Uh, they have the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Sun, the Kings, the Clippers, the Suns, the Nets, the Kings, the Hornets as their next eight games after that. That's not a difficult stretch. We could see the Raptors really sort of rattle off some wins here. Maybe get back up into the contention for like the number one seed, perhaps. I know the Cavs have won a million games in a row, and the Celtics are still 18 and four, but uh, and the Pistons are apparently really good too. But uh, this, these are just bad teams they have coming up. The Grizzlies are of course in some turmoil. Mike Conley's not going to be there. Uh, you know who knows what what Marcus All's headspace is like. Maybe better now that Dave Fisdale's gone, but uh, who knows? The Grizzlies are not playing very well at all. The Clippers are a complete disaster at this point. Everyone's hurt on that team, uh, and it sucks because the Clippers are fun and Blake Griffin's amazing when he's playing well, but and when he's healthy. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a bummer. Um, and like in terms of road trips, I mean, it's hard to find an easier Western road trip than Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers, Suns. Uh, there's one back-to-back in there. It's Kings, Clippers, which that's not ideal, of course, but uh, those are not too terribly daunting teams, even though the Raptors lose to the Kings all the time. Um, and then the Suns, I mean, Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers, Suns, that has to be like the all-time easiest West Coast trip. For a team that has had a history of horrible West Coast trips over the course of their run, uh, this is uh, this is nothing compared to what they've been through. Um, and then to close out the month, they had the Sixers twice uh, in a back-to-back. That'll be interesting. Uh, sorry, home-and-home, home, not, ba- not back-to-back. They play the 21st and 23rd. And then after Christmas, they come out with the Mavs and the Thunder, who are a disaster themselves at this point. They play the Hawks again. It's just a, a very light schedule going here uh, over these 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games. 
I would kind of expect the Raptors to maybe go like 12 and 2. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by that. They'll be favored, I think, in every game this month, except for maybe that Thunder one in OKC. Uh, just kind of depending, and maybe the the one at Philly as well. But even then, I think the Raptors are better than Philly. Uh, it's they have a chance to rattle off a bunch of wins here, and there will be games where they disappoint, but there will also be games where they overachieve. Um, so if I'm gonna set like an over under on where the Raptors are at when we ne- when we talk next, uh, maybe I'll say that they're like you know 25 and nine. Is that too crazy to say? No, it's not. I'm going to go 25-9 and nine after 14 games, and uh, we'll talk at the end of the month with another month in review. That's going to do it for the month in review. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, sorry if this was a rambly thing. I, I just, uh, you know, it's a new format, and I wanted to test it out. Uh, it might be bad. Might need a guest. I don't know. We'll see. If, let me know what you have for feedback or whatever. Uh, I haven't done many of these solo pods in a while, so I'm kind of rusty just doing the solo ones talking to myself. Uh, so I apologize if it's clunky or weird. Um, I mean, it's always clunky and weird. What the hell am I talking about? But apologies if it's, apologies if it's extra clunky and weird in battered English. Um, and I appreciate you for listening. You can go to iTunes. Please leave a rating or a review on the iTunes page. It takes no time at all. It's very helpful, uh, and I would uh, appreciate you forever if you would do it. Helps to move us up the rankings and all those good things and makes people discover the show, which is good. Um, we'll be back again on Friday. I'm going to do an episode with Adam Friedman, who is, uh, if you remember last week, we had Tony East from Locked On Pacers on. Adam is uh, Tony's co-host. So we're going to do like a sort of rematch pod talking about the Friday game against the Pacers and uh, what to expect there because... Uh, who knows? The Pacers are weird. They obviously present Jonas Valanciunas with a lot of trouble, and uh, maybe the Raptors have it in them to kind of bounce back from that loss last week, which was a bummer, uh, and also in that running for the most frustrating game of the month. Uh, so we'll talk about that game, tee it up, talk about the last game, and uh, some other stuff with uh, Adam Friedman from uh, Locked on Pacers tomorrow. So thank you for tuning in. At, on Twitter at Woodley Sean, uh, at Locked On Raptors. Go to Facebook, like the Locked On Raptors Facebook page. Locked On Lock, blah, like the Locked On NBA page. Like the Locked, blah blah blah. It's all hard to say. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you on Friday. Have a good one. Cheers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.